Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. the Man on the Post weekend review. Uh, my name's Chris, I'm back from my uh, Touchline ban, and joining me this week we've got Dave Black. Hello, hello. And Ali Thompson. Hello. How are we, gents? Hi. All, all good up here. Very good indeed. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and before we go any further, thank you very much for uh, for the show last week. It was an excellent show, so if anyone was listening, it was their first show last week, I'm basically back to ruin things for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, great show. Um, should be a nice, uh, quick show this weekend because uh, for all the, all of those who are Sky Sports subscribers, we all know there was only actually one game played this weekend in the entirety <laughs> of football. Um, but no, uh, all all twenty Premier League teams actually uh, in action over Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Uh, so we might as well get straight into it then. Um, Man City and Everton, I believe, was the early kickoff on Saturday. Uh, Man City uh, getting back to winning ways uh, with a three-one win at Everton. Yeah, they were fairly routine, to be honest, um, other than the odd counter-attack chance for Everton. Um, standard Man City, really. They got the goals, um, pressured Everton into making a couple of mistakes, and then or they made a bit of a game for five minutes or so, but then Man City scored again, and that was that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man City were rotating their squad again, showing their strength in depth. Uh, you know, Sterling dropped to the bench uh, despite his recent form. Aguero and De Bruyne are still coming back from injury, uh, and John Stones was even uh, on the bench this week as well. Oh, not John Stones. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's quite interesting. Uh, City still second in the league, uh, which we'll get onto uh, later on. Uh, interestingly, like uh, I missed this last week, so um, Walcott was dropped uh, the other <laughs> week, as we talked about quite a lot. They brought in Luckman. Uh, they bought, I believe they bought him back last weekend. Yeah, and then they got rid of him again this weekend again for this Calvert-Lewin, I think, yeah, I guess, in the, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, but I think, I mean, what is Theo Walcott now? Like, is he still deemed like a pacey player, or is he now like the experienced wide man? Like, how, how are we pinning Walcott down now? Useless. <laughs> Useless, yeah. yeah. To, 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 be, to be fair, yeah, as, a, as, a, as a, someone there with strong opinions on Theo Walcott. Um, <laughs> that is actually Theo himself. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. He, he wants to be the man down the middle, which he'll never be, because um, he's finishing his appalling. Um, <laughs> but yet they play him as a winger, and he's crossing his, his appalling. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, so they, they changed their shape, didn't they, Everton, for this game? Uh, they went for like a, a free at the back kind of model, uh, with them playing very strangely out from the back. It's probably the uh, the polite way of putting it. I mean, I think one of the kind of who was who was doing the game. Now, but they summed it up. Um, it's all very well playing off from the back, but when you're playing out to defenders who are marked, 
what's the point? Yeah. It, it, it was just suicide, really. And it, was, it, was, it was coming for a while, actually, before the goal happened. There was a couple of other incidents where they gave it away, trying to clear it out. Um, it, as I say, it's, it's, it's admirable in many ways, but it, it ultimately cost them a goal. They just had nowhere to go as well. I think when when I was watching match of the day, they were showing like so. I think there was. I think it was the first goal where I think it was a uh, Mina or Zuma uh, trying to pay like a forty yard crossfield ball. Yeah, it was Mina, and there was it was like he used the wrong club, and it just went up. It didn't really get very very far, and they were saying you know clear it wide if you're going to play a pass, and uh, you know worst case scenario it goes out for throwing or something. Um, he just played at 40 yards in the middle of the field and that was suicide because he then played Jesus on side so it was uh, it was just a disaster all around really yeah it's mad so, so back to what I was saying with Everton they, they, they didn't really do much I think Walcott had a couple of chances uh, I think him and Calvert-Lewin kind of did you know we're trying to figure out where he fits in but him and Calvert-Lewin seemed to swap places uh, a little bit uh, Richarlison was playing more as a midfielder uh, like yeah him, midfielder he, this he, time as well he missed a reasonable chance at nil nil. Um, yes. Probably should have headed it, but went with like a sort of chest high volley. Um, it wasn't an easy chance, but I think probably would have been easier had he headed it. But uh, it's, it happens, doesn't it? It's, you see it time and time again. Oh. Teams go away at the big teams and they try and they, they miss their one chance early on, and from there it's inevitable, really. Yeah, I say, uh, I say uh, Raheem Sterling, the, the form player in, in the league at the moment, uh, came on, took him two minutes to score. Yeah, and I think everyone was pleased from, especially after what happened last week. Um, mm-hmm. As you see, he's probably been the best player in the in the league this season. Um, I think we, it was only a few weeks ago we, we discussed this, or who's actually been better, and we, between us, we couldn't really name anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so after what happened last week, especially you know to come on and score with your first touches. Uh, Pretty, pretty impressive. Mm, as I say, Everton looked kind of threatening up until Sterling scored the third. I think they had a slight change in shape and stuff. Uh, one thing I found interesting though, so Jesus or Jesus or Jesus or however you want to say it uh, scored twice. I didn't realise that he's considered to be in a bit of a bad run of form at the moment because he hadn't scored in nearly five games. I think he hadn't scored a, a, a league goal since August, mm. but he. He got a he got a, a token hat trick against Shakhtar, I think, when two of them were pens. Mm. So I mean, even he knows that uh, you know it's not the sign of a, a man in form. But um, it's it's strange. Like he's, he's he's not as good as Aguero in that Aguero is more involved in the general play. Mm. Um, but give him a chance and he'll probably score it. But I don't think he's as good for Man City as a team. Yeah, it's just hard as I because we've we've seen how we've spoken about how how Man City rotate their squad. Uh, you know, with say with Sterling starting on the bench and Aguero on that lot. He's never going to get a run of games, is he? Unless Aguero gets a serious injury. Yeah, well that's it. I mean, even this time when Aguero has been out, was it last weekend at Chelsea when they played Sterling as a yeah. false nine, if you want to call it? So I mean, and you got that to contend with as well. I mean, it must be. Must be infuriating trying to get your game amongst that amount of talent. Mm, yeah, that's it. Ali, anything? Are you just saving yourself for the, for the one <laughs> game? I think I think City were going to say the same most weeks every game. You know, they kind of play the same way. I still just wish more teams would actually attack them. I mean, we've seen the chances Everton got when they when they showed you know a bit of attacking about them. Because mm-hmm. um, Man City defensively are still very suspect. Yeah. Um, very similar to to us last season. Um, and even like like Arsenal, you know yourself, Chris, just very suspect at the back. And when teams just press high and 
go do attack you, it, it's a very nervy 90 minutes. And mm-hmm. we've seen that every team who really gives Man City like a takes it to them, they get success. Mm-hmm. But just teams are so afraid of that. Yeah, it, attacking. It, it was all their goals well, are the same. <laughs> just yeah, they're that cut across <laughs> goal, and there's always somebody in the box. Yeah, when I when I saw the Everton lineup um, for this game, it, it, and the way they'd set themselves up, it, it was almost as if they they didn't want to take the game to Man City. Yeah, they, they just didn't. They wanted to go there not to lose, or or not to get hammered, basically. Uh, yeah, you just—I mean—the conspiracy theorists and myself and you just you, you, I genuinely believe that Everton wanted to lose so that Liverpool wouldn't stay top of the league, <laughs> oh, and, and I'm sticking by that because <laughs> they, they, uh... they were very good last week against us. Last week, two weeks ago, you know, they they played very well and they were such an attacking threat throughout, and then they so... come up against Man City and just put their tails between their legs and hide. I think they were missing. Uh... Idris Gay in midfield and they were left with yes. Sig- Sigurdsson and Gomez and I think if that's all you've got left available that's probably why they end up going with three centre-halves to try and bulk a little bit because uh, those two are very good on the ball but they're not particularly known for the you know, the graft and shield yeah. and the defence so um, but then again they've had Tom Davies on the bench who's you know he's very young but I would have thought he would have been useful in there in a game like that yeah, but... he, put, he puts himself out there doesn't he yeah stuff like that um, okay, on to the other games for, for Saturday then. Oh, I'm not sure where to start. There were so many one nils here to pick from. Okay then, so on to the, on to the next game then. Uh, Spurs uh, coming away, one nil winners against Burnley. Uh, Christian Eriksen scoring a 93rd, uh, 92nd or 93rd minute winner. Um, some interesting points from the game. Uh, it's very similar to another North London club. Uh, Spurs playing a left back at centre back. Uh, and uh, young Skip making his debut at 18. Um, but... Yeah, thoughts, gents. I mean, I think just Tottenham squad is uh, stretched to its limits. Having you know been to Barcelona midweek and got the result, and they had to they had to play pretty much full on for ninety minutes to get that result as well. It wasn't like they could counter any point in that. So um, they have had a tough run of games, um, and I think they're now starting to see the the drawbacks of not buying anybody in January. Mm-hmm. It was interesting on Match of the Day, actually, on that point. I won't make the same joke I made in the failed recording just about Spurs winning the Champions League. Um, but um, on Match of the Day, they were talking about... Uh, I can't remember who it was now. I think it was uh, oh, Danny Murphy, the man who hates football, um, <laughs> was talking about how impressed he was with Spurs' squad and that he thought they didn't need to buy anybody in January. <laughs> and I'm like, what? what? Are you watching the same Spurs team I am? Oh, I mean, he must live under a rock, like... Everyone's been talking about this for months now. I mean, yes, this squad is impressive in some ways, but when they're having to play Ben Davies at centre back, bring in an unknown midfielder, um, Kieran Trippier, the poor bloke, has been hauled off the treatment table four times to fill in at right back, mm-hmm. and then all the while, Fernando Llorente can't get a game full of the money. He got ten minutes at the end, to, which eventually won them the game with a, a long ball flick on. But they'll just play Kane until he dies, I think, and then uh, then Llorente might get a game. Maybe um, Burnley, uh, they looked more organised. Um, every, every man beyond the ball, as it seemed. Uh, Joe Hart made some impressive saves, but again, he likes playing at Wembley. Um, could could Burnley consider themselves hard done by? Even though, I suppose they were battered. I mean, they nearly got the point they went for. Um, I can never really see being hard done by when you've when you've played so many men behind the ball. But uh, 
to get to get the it's harsh to get the ninety second minute then concede. I think that's quite gutting for them. But mm. uh, it's alright. They're playing the the small North London club next weekend, so uh, it's got every chance of result there. Wow, the, the, I can't even argue at the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, but from what I remember of this game, Burnley didn't seem to have much going forward though. Um, but yeah, well, they, they never they never do, do they? It's yeah. just hopeful balls pummeling the box and hope. Mm. Um, interesting talker point. Uh, should there have been a penalty? I think Harry Kane was uh, bought. No, there. probably. I mean, <laughs> it's one of those where it's it's, it's played, just booted the ball out of play and then being tripped as a, as a result of that. Like mm. it's the type of thing you hate seeing a penalty given for, because really, like it's 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 going nowhere. Um, but I suppose he was tripped, so yes, probably. But if it was yeah. even close to being a penalty, the referee would have given it. Harry Kane's the golden boy in England. <laughs> There's no way he would have not been given it. There was no calls on rebooked here. You'll have seen from the pundits. If it was, if it wasn't a foul, it must have been a dive. So yeah. <laughs> Harry Kane's never getting calls when he's diving. No. On on the subject of just on penalty, I thought the referees were very good this weekend. Um, and all and all the games I've seen anyway. Oh, I was gonna say there's one game I've seen where they I wasn't very impressed with the referee, but it's only because I've, I've only just watched that game. Uh, all right. This. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't remember many controversial decisions. Um, but then again, I say because we're recording on a Monday now, it's not quite so fresh in the mind. Fresh in your mind, yeah. Uh, yeah. Neil Neil Warnock was livid, but uh, we'll come oh, on to that because oh, oh, yeah, we'll, you know yeah. we'll give that some time certainly. <laughs> Although actually, going on to another one of the weekend's uh, one nils um, and refereeing, Huddersfield uh, uh, versus Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle coming away with an away win against the mighty Huddersfield uh, with Solomon Rondon uh, not scoring a header. Strangely. Um, <laughs> The only thing apart from the goal I remember from this game is that Lascelles tackle on De Potra. I just don't know why he did it. They were already out of play. Like it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's one of the strangest things I've ever seen. It was uh, going absolutely nowhere, and he just decided to basically kick him in, in, in the in the midriff. So possibly lucky to avoid a red card. Yeah, quite impressive though, considering how big De Potra is. To be I'll fair, tell you what, take him off his I'll tell you what, he's absolutely shit as well. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he is—he's just immobile. Like I, I imagine, if the ball is placed squarely on his head, he's quite useful. But Huddersfield aren't the type of team to do that, really. So he—he mm. um, he was like a fish up a tree. He's—he uh, was terrible. It's, like it's a, no wonder Huddersfield don't score goals. Yeah, he's like a battering ram, really, isn't it? I remember last season he scored a couple of goals, which just by throwing his, himself at the wall. He's the type of player who, like, at. at Allardyce was Bolton in the early 2000s. He would have been <laughs> the king. But but at, at Huddersfield, playing nice little triangles through midfield, he just doesn't know what to do. It's uh, it's unusual. Uh, so, some good football from Newcastle, though, despite Huddersfield having 74% possession. Yeah, well, I say like that. They love having the ball and just passing it to no one in particular. Um, we, on the other hand, have Modi Armour, who doesn't know what possession is. So... <laughs> Like his his only role in the in the whole team is to is to break up play. Like when he's got the ball, he is absolutely god awful. But um, he's very good at breaking up the play and generally being a nuisance. So it's the way Rafa sets up. He he doesn't want the ball really. Like it's 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 a nice to have. But if the other team have the ball and they're coming on to us, that's exactly what we want. And as you saw from the goal, played out from the back, they pressed high. Um, Cher played a lovely ball up the line to Perez. Perez played in Mankeo. 
Mankio finds Rondon, and that was it. Yeah, back to front, yeah, back, very, back to front in four passes. Very good goal, to be fair. Uh, it's it's not like us, but mm-hmm. uh, no, it's uh, it's nice to see. Um, we're actually better away from home than we are at home, which is a season ticket holder. It's disappointing, but uh, <laughs> points are points. So, and it's important to beat the teams around you as well. Like yeah. looking at the, looking at the table, if we'd lost this, we'd have been sixteenth. Level with what would have been Huddersfield on also 13, it would have been 17th. It would have been a bit a bit iffy, but now we've got a bit of a cushion. We've got Fulham at home next weekend, who, as we know, aren't great defensively. However, they have Mitrovic, which is a bit of a worry. Uh, so it's it could be a nice chance to get away from the bottom three, but or it could be like the worst weekend ever. Uh, Perez had a goal disallowed. Unlucky. I mean one he shouldn't even be close to offside there really mm-hmm. like he's looking along the line there's no defender really near him obviously the defender's gone to close down at two um, he shouldn't even be given the linesman's decision to make but uh, it's always well same as a goal disallowed the keeper stopped it wasn't like he tried to save it but Right, so we'll come on to the last of the 1-0s before getting into uh, games that actually had goals in them. Uh, Crystal Palace uh, winning at home against Leicester uh, for the first time without Zahar in two years. (laughs) Not that they're a one-man team at all. Um, But yeah, uh, it was a great goal from Mila (laughs) Jojovic. Luca, Luca, that's enough. Yeah, yeah. Luca. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was a very good goal. He scored a few like that, to be fair. Um, it did look in the end that Palace were kind of hanging on, but Leicester didn't really bring that much either. Um, the main thing, the only thing I've written down about this is, do you see that stat about how many goals Milivojevic has scored since he, jo- since he joined Palace? No. It was something like set pieces. It was something like fifteen or sixteen goals. I was surprised how many he's got in that time. Yeah, with well, t- is their penalty taker, isn't it? Yeah. And, and Zahar likes to fall over in the box he, a lot. That's that is true. Yeah, but but this was a good goal, as you say. Mm-hmm. That was uh, fair fair enough. But what did you make of the uh, the new keeper for Palace and Jamie Vardy brushing against him for the goal that was disallowed? I don't remember this. So the this new keeper. Um, Guaisha, Guaida, I don't know how you pronounce it, but the new goalkeeper um, was pissing about with the ball in the in the box. Jamie Vardy does not like people who piss about, so he came over, pushed, barged him, and then scored. Oh, it okay. Was, it was probably a foul, but it, I think it was a bit soft category. Because was it last weekend? Was it last weekend? It must have been because I don't remember talking about it on the podcast where someone headed the ball out of the goalkeeper's hands. Uh, it was Lacazette, wasn't it? Was it? Like, yeah, it was. It was the Arsenal yeah. game like, last weekend, and it was disallowed for no fucking reason. Uh, sorry. Um, so, yeah, but re- referees, you know, goalkeepers get all the protection in the world, don't they? But, yeah, I, I, I generally don't remember that. I think it's because this game was so fucking boring. Um, it wasn't good, like. Uh, I only remember that and the save he made from Vardy, which he tipped onto the post. Yeah, I, I, yeah I remember the save where he made, hit it onto the post. But Palace fans are going to take him because he's better than Wayne Hennessy, who even when I played against him as a 15-year-old was shit. <laughs> he, uh, oh, he was at Wolves, wasn't he? Yeah, he, with, was at, he started at with Wolves. With you? Yeah. Oh, he, there you go. He wasn't very good then. Um, but now he's a Premier League goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, he has Chris Packets for hands, which is not good. But yeah, anything, but, anything else uh, to add? Uh, 
more just I think as, as like me and Dave spoke about last week, I think Leicester just are just needing the season to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't seem not interested, but it's like the least of their priorities just now. It seems it's just kind of plodding along to get by, um, and I think they're kind of just hoping. Maybe even for New Year, maybe just something to happen there, something to spark a wee bit of interest, but it looks like they just really wish the season was over, they can get away for a break and start afresh next season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, with all the 1-0s out the way, on to the one game that if you looked at the fixture list on Friday night, you would have expected to have been a, a day affair. Uh, Watford coming away 3-2 winners at Cardiff, and quite possibly the game that was just a goal of the season contenders match. That was ridiculous. Um, I think four of the five goals will be up for goal of the month. <laughs> it's yeah. madness. Uh, I mean, Delefeu's goal was a nice little solo goal. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. But Holobas's, uh goal against the box, I'm a bit of a sucker for a first-time hit with your instep. I think that always it always looks good. I mean, it's all the more impressive when it's a full-back who does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, Keener's goal was pretty good as well. But Junior Hoylitz was the best of the lot. Yeah, the, 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 it, very much like his goal against Wolves, but on the move, basically. Mm. Yeah, it was good, but it was all, you know, cancelled out by Cardiff's abomination <laughs> of, a, of a second goal. <laughs> <laughs> the Warnock special. But yeah, an, an interesting game. Watford uh, finally winning after six games without a win. Uh, I didn't realise, because we've talked on, on the show, uh, how well Cardiff are doing. And whatever, but they've only actually won four games this season. They must have all been in the last month. It feels like they, yeah. they seem to win <laughs> every week. I, I, only Fulham have lost more games than, than Cardiff. There's a few teams around the bottom who've lost eleven games this season. I remember seeing that and thinking, "Hang on, we've we've been saying how well Cardiff are doing here." And stuff, yeah. I, th- I think it's just our expectations of Cardiff were so low. <laughs> like, I honestly thought they might rival Derby for low points. That's how yeah, little I rated yeah, them yeah. at the start of the season. Um, but obviously they've already beaten that total. And uh, I mean, I can't really... They're only two points behind us, so I mean, I can't really judge them. But... Yeah. Um, Efridge kind of kept Cardiff in it as well at times, like he did at early parts of the season. Uh, he, he had, well, considering he conceded three goals, um, three very good goals, to be fair. It, it probably could have been more for Watford, who actually looked better than they have done for quite a while. What did you make of um, Deeney on the keeper? Because I honestly thought this was nothing, but for yeah, some reason... I thought there was nothing in it. It's just the weather conditions, he's entitled to go for the ball. Well, yeah. it's, it's, like, it's not like he's gone full-on, you know, Marlon Howard on Shea Given, it, Shea Given when, he, really, when he punctured his insides. Like, this was a slide from about 10 yards away. Yeah. Like, it was... Uh... Well, it's Troy Deeney. If he'd have gone full-on, he'd have snapped him in half. To be That's fair. True. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't think anything wrong of it, and I don't think Efridge did either. When the, did you see the interview after the game, where oh, he was just yeah. like, oh, "I don't want to talk about it." We're professional athletes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't think there was anything. Obviously, Neil Warnock has other um, <laughs> other opinions, but he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, do you see Warnock's rant about um, Andy, Andy Madley, who is the referee of Bobby Madley, who is the world's worst ref, who mm-hmm. now resides in Norway for. Uh, 
private reasons. <laughs> yeah, so, so looking after his dogs or something, apparently. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, going on. that. It's, it's, it, 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 well, Warnock said it was his first Premier League game, and I believe it's his second. Uh, you know, but, you know, not like Neil Warnock to let facts get in the way of anything. Um, but, yeah, you know, the referees have got to start somewhere. Someone has to be his first, second, third game and stuff like that. And, to be fair, it was... I think refereeing a game like that with two struggling sides who are both quite physical sides is a harder game to referee. Especially in those conditions as well. Like there was, uh, it was awful really. Everywhere at the weekend, there was no, uh, no, no salvation from the rain. Like, but uh, Mm. I don't know what he was complaining about. There wasn't. I didn't watch that match back and think, oh, the refs had a stinker here. Yeah, not at all. You know, yeah. So the weather definitely was bad. I'm sure on match of the day they saw, they showed Geordies wearing coats. Oh, <laughs> you, you wouldn't believe it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I didn't think I, I, the only yeah the only talking point was the Deeney challenge, which again I don't think it was really a challenge. He just you know he he, he slid towards the ball and they both wet conditions went into each other. But yeah. And, and you know, unless uh, unless the BBC were, were you know editing everything out in some anti Neil Warnock campaign, but uh, I imagine that'd be his next rant. Um, but yeah, I'm no. happy to I'm happy to support any sort of anti Warnock campaign. <laughs> yeah, I'll join that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was really surprised when I saw the score of that game because that is the game I looked at and I thought that's going to be the last game on Match of the Day. Um, but yeah, no, it's actually quite an entertaining affair. Uh, last two games for Saturday then. Uh, Fulham. Uh, this was a, a, the late kickoff, I believe. Uh, losing at home to West Ham. Uh, West Ham now won four games in a row, uh, which is kind of a big deal for them. We've been saying for weeks that they've, they've started to click now. Uh, Philippe Anderson looked brilliant again. I mean, there were four wins in a row. They're now one point off the European places, two points behind even Man United in sixth. I mean, they've had a great run. Um, what you would say is that the fixture list has been quite kind to them, the way it's worked out. Uh, they played a lot of the bigger teams early on, and then they've been able to get this run together against the, I wouldn't say the dross, but the, the less good teams. But mm-hmm. um, Fulham had plenty of chances, but yeah. they, just can't, they just can't defend. They're so bad at the back. It's uh, it's going to take more than Claudio Ranieri's smiling face to sort that one out. Yeah, I say West Ham scored with their first two shots on target, which was quite telling, really. Uh, I say... I think Fulham had. They, I think they've improved, but that's only to say how bad they were at the start mm. of the season. Uh, one thing I found quite interesting about this game—it's probably my only major note—on um, a weekend. Well, maybe I think last weekend was the same. If I look at the notes I did for last weekend before I uh, cried off, um, <laughs> was um, every Premier League game empty seats because it's December, the weather's bad, people are going out Christmas shopping and stuff like that. Craven Cottage actually looked full. It was the only game where I, I didn't noticeably see large amounts of empty seats. No, it was a half-hour kick, wasn't it? So the shops were shut. Ah, I suppose. And plus it's only a small ground, and they're only going to be in the Premier League for another few months. They're probably making the most of it. Um, but yeah, I, I, found, I, I did find that quite interesting. Um, but yeah, Robert Snodgrass in the form <laughs> of his life. I can't believe he's still playing Premier League football. I said that West Ham dumped him last season, didn't they? He was at Villa. And yeah, he didn't have a particularly good time there. No, Villa, Villa were glad to get rid of him as well. Um, he was terrible. I will say West Ham have got some nice fixtures coming up as well, even though they've just won four in a row. So it could be a really, if the results go their way, um, even though it's the, the hectic Christmas period, they could be sitting very pretty come January. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so and, and this is a West Ham team that's still no Arnautovic. He's still out injured. Um, a few players, but they since they've brought in Hernandez uh, and they had uh, Antonio supporting him this week. It, that change really does seem to work. I was going to say, I hate to say it because I know it just carried them for weeks, but it seemed like a better team without him. Mm-hmm. For all, when he's there, he seems to obviously call all the shots and demand the ball, and he's obviously very, very good, but you cannot knock the results without him. They've, uh, they've even looked more solid defensively. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, but uh, maybe just the more solid team structure has done them the world of good. And, and they don't even have Jack Wilshere playing for them. Shocker. What you know, Declan Rice has done a, done a great job. He, he he just goes about his business in the, in midfield. But I love Jack Wilshere. I thought he'd be brilliant. I thought he'd go to West Ham and just pull the strings. Can't even get in the team. Pulled the hamstrings. That's why. <laughs> Probably. Um, on to the, the last game for Saturday then. Uh, Wolves uh, coming away two 0 winners against uh, High Flying Bournemouth. Uh, well, I say High Flying. They seem to, they've dropped down to like tenth or eleventh at the moment. Um, Wolves have won three in a row for the first time in, in the Premier League. Um, yeah, Jimenez scoring and Cavalera getting the, the second. Uh, Callum Wilson still on the bench, coming back from injury. He did come on towards the end, though. But uh, Wolves look really good, to be fair, even though Bournemouth had all of the play. Yeah, Wolves are another team who love to play on the counter. They, um, I saw St James's last week when they went, when we went down to 10 they didn't know what to do because then the onus is on them to have the ball and sort of you know take the game to us and they, they, they don't like it they uh, they like to play on the break and I obviously they were gifted the first goal by Charlie Daniels just giving them the ball in the, in, in what 25-30 yards from goal mm-hmm. um, but you see th- th- we'd written Wolves off a few weeks ago as the honeymoon being over and that was supposed to be it for them but uh they're now seventh. It's been yeah. smart. And Bournemouth, by contrast, to say it wasn't that long ago, we were saying, you know, they're, they're sixth, they're going to be pushing the European places. And as you said earlier, they've just dropped out the bottom of the top half now. Yeah. So, but Bournemouth's style of play really suited Wolves, though, I think. Having all the ball, and, and as you said, they're a team who want a counter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Gibbs White started as well. Uh, he, he's made cameo appearances from the bench. Uh, look really, really good on the ball. Uh, Jimenez, he, he get he, he seems to get a little bit of grief. I think we've given him a little bit of grief in in the past, but they were showing his stats on match of the day. He's his involvement in goals. He scored five for them this season and been involved in four. Uh, he's got quite a high. He's involved in like a high portion of Wolves' goals as well. So. He looks like he could be all right. Um, it's also as well. I remember two weeks ago I was saying that maybe Wolves needed a little bit of steel in their midfield. I totally forgot they've got that Dendonka fella, haven't they, on loan? And he can't get uh, a game. Well, I don't know anything about him. What, what does he do? He's a Belgian <laughs> Belgian midfielder. He's kind oh, of right. like. Um, He's kind of, I was going to say he's like the Belgium Kante, but that's obviously Fellaini. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's basically a ball-winning midfielder, the type of uh, midfielder I thought Wolves needed, uh, but obviously they've brought in Gibbs-White, who's, um, who's a creative midfielder, and he seems to be doing all right. Yeah, Dendonka was one of these Belgian players uh, like uh, Antwerp and, and Anderlecht, or I think he came from Anderlecht, who was being thrown around like, oh, he's going to join this Premier League team. Remember, like, um, St- he's like, very much like um, Defoe, who was at um, oh, yeah. Burnley, that sort of player, linked with all the big clubs, and then obviously joins Wolves. Um, 
<laughs> and stuff. But yeah, I, I, I just found that really interesting. I'm saying, oh, they need a ball winning midfielder, and they've got one that they just don't play. Uh, we'll move on to Sunday then. As Ali hasn't said much, we might as well get into the game that Sky made out was the only game in the world this week. Um, <laughs> we won't go in order because I want to skip over the other two, to be fair. Um, no, 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 we can't be doing that. Come on then, Ali. Uh, Liverpool coming away, 3-1 winners. Uh, a bunch of lads who were dressed in Man United kits. Yeah, they were pathetic, weren't they? They were, um, they were boring. I, I, I stopped watching the game, to be fair. It was like the the thirty six shots to to their six, um, and whilst obviously it shows dominance, it's, it's that's a, it's bad when you're you've seen that as a as a concern. You know, you've just beat Man United, your biggest rivals, we won, and you're you're then going on to looking at stats like, oh, that's a concern. You know, yeah. that many wasted shots. But Man United, are prefer- like I know they're top of the like the the next bunch chasing the the European spots, but they're they're really look worse than a mediocre team. There's nothing about them. Mourinho taking off the Pavot, Pavot um, at half-time and bringing on Fellaini. You've got £90 million Pogba sitting on the bench um, who didn't get on at all. They just... It's... It's delightful. How, whilst, how are they sick? How? Well, that's... Yeah. I, I like, don't understand it. Teams losing to them is on par with losing a game to Burnley just now. You know, they're, they're just... How Lukaku... Like, I mean, we mentioned it a couple of times I've been on the show. Lukaku is just a shambles of a professional now. Mm-hmm. It's just... He went from like one of the brightest young strikers in Europe, um, who a lot of teams would have snapped their hand off, even when he was young at Chelsea, he was on loan. He looked unreal when he went to West Brom and Everton on loans. Um... And I felt he was even harshly treated at Chelsea, um, the way they, they got rid of him. And then, since he's just went to Man United, he's easily put on three stone. Mm-hmm. It was constantly out of position as well. Like yeah. you, You've got a, a big, powerful centre-forward, and he's standing on the left flank, holding the ball up. Like Who's he holding the ball up for? <laughs> Rashford was their only bright spark, you could say. Um, yesterday, and he wasn't even good, but just his pace is always that that threat and worry. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they didn't bring Martial on until 10 minutes to go. They didn't matter who's kind of had Liverpool's number um, for Man United. Uh, didn't bring him on until five minutes to go. Yet bring Fellaini on at half-time. Yeah. Like, he, he definitely just wants sacked. He doesn't care now, Mourinho. Um, it just... It's 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 funny but but sad and pathetic to see how far you know they've fallen. Um, but I mean, I've got to be positive, I guess, for us because I mean, it was a very controlling, bar that one mistake from Allison, um, just controlled the game for eighty-five minutes of that full ninety, and it was just, I never was the only thing that frustrated me was the the thirty-five-yard pop shots. From our centre halves, mm-hmm. um, and when that's the only thing you've got to to complain about in a in a Man United game, you know you've done well. But as I say, I just you, you're now playing against Man United, where that's the teams where we should be hitting three and four in a comfort way, mm-hmm. and that's kind of strange to say. But 
as I say, it's still I still see it as this is the the closest we're ever going to get to to winning a title. I just still don't think we will. But just there's just something about this Liverpool team who still haven't looked great mm-hmm. um, and are still undefeated. Um, yes. So it's and Shakiri just that twelve million bargain now is just you know you can't fault that as a squad player for that price in today's market. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. Liverpool are still top, obviously. Uh, deserve the win. I don't think. I don't know about you, Dave, but I never for a second considered that Man United were going to win this game, even in the build-up to it. No, it was never on the cards, was it? I think um, Gary Neville made a good point where he said Mourinho is essentially picking the players who he, who he likes mm-hmm. now, rather than who's best for a team or a formation or any sort of semblance of style. Like they're just—it's basically eleven players who he likes. I mean. Well, it, well it was, Dar- was Darmian playing as a centre half? Was that right? Uh, it was. He, he kind of play- He kind of <laughs> started at left back, uh, well, left wing back, and then Ash. It was weird. Like Ashley Young drove me mad in this guy. When Ashley Young is trying to be your midfield enforcer, there is something <laughs> wrong with your team. But like, he was the only one going in and putting tackles in and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, Dar- I don't- I'm not quite sure what Darmian was doing. Uh, Dalot, who I've called for on this podcast to play a few more games because they paid a lot more money for him was practically invisible well, he just had to end this yesterday yeah, he, was, he was close to being sent off as well I think that's why they changed it but they didn't really attack much down Man United didn't attack much down the right hand side so he didn't get in the game from an attacking point of view and defensively he had no help at all so I wasn't really surprised to see him taken off because uh, a young lad like that was just going to get ripped apart in the second half but as you say bringing Fellaini on what was that really going to achieve? Yeah. To me, if you're going to bring Fellaini on now, it's it's as a, almost like a target man to hit him from 20, 30, 40 yards out. But when you've got Pogba sitting on the bench, a World Cup winner who can't get any minutes. Mm-hmm. Three games, three Premier League games. Now he hasn't played at all. I, I, don't, I don't care what you think of him. He he is one of the best midfielders in the world. Could you imagine Paul Pogba at Man City? Well. Well, we, we obviously there's a lot of Liverpool fans talking like of you know a mixed Man United and Liverpool team, you know the the, the mixed 11s. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and and Pogba is I, I would take Martial over Manny, and Pogba's the only other one who I'd consider. Um, oh, you've, I got, just, you've got Jordan Henderson, mate. What's going Paul Pogba? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll swear. <laughs> you know what I mean. We'll leave that one. We'll leave that one there. But you know, can you imagine like Pogba as you say under a. a Guardiola, under a clock, you know, somebody just with a bit of... And with good midfield around him, I guess. I mean, that midfield that Man United's got is... Like, Matic's career ended at Chelsea, you know, his legs are still there. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, Herrera's, Herrera's at- atrocious. He's not even, like, an enforcer. He's just, like, that hatchet man from the 70s. Graham Soonis would be proud of. Um, Lingard is just... I wish people stopped referring to him as a young player. Yeah, he's 26 I, year old. I did not realise Jesse Lingard was 26 until after he scored and they mentioned he was 26. Yeah. I was like, how is he 26? He acts yeah. like he's about 19. I was going to say, someone's really telling him to grow up. Yeah. It's just, like, the people go on, he's a, he's a, he's a hot prospect. Like, stop. Yeah. Um, but they're just, I don't know. What, I mean, what what do you do with your Pogba now? Do you, do you try and force the move in January? Do you wait and see if Mourinho goes and who comes in? 
Well, United have come out today and said that they're not planning on making any managerial changes. Mourinho <laughs> isn't Mourinho isn't going to walk away. There's there's a lot. Waitful to hear though, isn't yeah, it? There's a lot of talk that Juventus are coming back in for Pogba and they're willing to offer Alexandro in in exchange, which I think Man United would take. But then, what does Alexandro want to play centre back for? <laughs> yeah, I think do you see this? There was a rumour, or whether it was got any substance to it today, that if they sack Mourinho now, it'll cost them, I don't know, let's say 20 million. If they wait until they can't play Champions League football next season, it'll only cost them 5 mil. So, obviously, whilst they're still in the Champions League, and I suppose mathematically capable of finishing in the top four, it's going nowhere. Yeah, but he's costing um, them money because there were actually empty seats at Old Trafford. Yeah. Which is unusual because they're, they're like Chelsea, they sell a lot of their seats. Uh, sorry, the game was at, um, this game was at Anfield, but they've had empty seats at Old Trafford in recent weeks. Which mm. and they say like Chelsea, they sell a lot of their tickets to tourists. It's not actually fans who go to to a large part of their stadiums. Um, so for there to be empty seats at Old Trafford is really unusual. Well, is it fifteen million pounds worth of revenue to a club that size? It's probably not a huge amount, but uh, it's. As, I mean, I'm kind of with, with Ali. It is funny because I've grown up, obviously, having my United crush, everything I like. So yeah. I'm really not bothered. I hope they finish like 10th and just become a mid-table club for 30 years. That would do me. But uh, assuming that's not going to happen, um, they it, it's only a matter of time, isn't it, before Mourinho goes, whether it be now or in the summer. Yeah, he, he doesn't start next season. No. Like, even if they bring in a top manager, okay, like they're going to have to invest a hell of a lot of money to catch up with Liverpool and City specifically. And then you'd imagine, obviously, Arsenal will spend again. You'd like to think Spurs will get some sort of money. Um, and obviously Chelsea, with Sarri, I'm sure will get some money as well. And these these five teams are already a fair bit ahead of Man United, you know, with the way the players are set up. But Man United, like, defensively and midfield, are so poor. Like, the, their attacking force can... You know, survive another season or two, but that's a lot of investment they're going to need. Mm. And I just, I, I think, I mean, I, as a Liverpool fan, obviously we've had thirty years of misery behind them, and and I just feel the way it's going, I think they're going to do very similar to what Liverpool have done since the nineties and through two thousands. Mm. I feel that it's, now it's just you know football goes in cycles anyway. I think we all know that, but it just seems to be that them. I just they've invested so much and so poorly. Um, in the wrong positions, and like we can all see, uh, I mean, we even mentioned it that week with Arsenal, Chris, when we're talking about that defensive midfielder role, mm-hmm. um, and and Man United is just you know back to front. I mean, they don't have, I mean, Luke Shaw's is semi decent at left back, but I think the injuries have kind of not ruined his career, but he's not going to hit the, the levels we all expected. They've no right full back. Uh, both all the centre Phil look how bad Phil Jones has got. Um, and they and none of their midfield apart from Pogba are good, but Pogba's looked awful in that system as well. So you're probably talking six or seven players just to get them back at the top four. But do you think but we saw this at Chelsea when Mourinho left Chelsea the, the second time 
when he left, that squad was playing very similar to how Man United are at the moment. The players just weren't in it. They had no interest in playing for Mourinho. Um, I think some, it came out in the week that uh, a Man United insider has said that he's lost 90% of the dressing room. Uh, I'm guessing Fellaini is the 10% who are still happy with him. <laughs> still there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if a new man, if you bring in a new manager in January, obviously you get that new manager bounce. But if you do look at the core, that's okay. They're not going to win the league. Man United, no way. That squad would would not win the league. I don't think, regardless, uh, if they started from scratch. But I think if a new manager comes in, they could get performances out of that team. You know, change a few things around. You've got you've got the onus of a of a, a decent team that could qualify for Europe I think you know you've got your Martial your Rashford Sanchez when he's back from injury and not playing with his dogs um, Pogba, Pogba a happy Pogba will pull strings for around the best midfield in the Premier League easily so I think that even just getting that would be enough at the moment because I can't imagine Man United fans are enjoying watching this the fact that we are all enjoying watching this means that they're not you know I, I I don't know. I think if you'd asked me this last season, because it was very similar then. Yeah. But I'm just I'm so concerned about them. Not not concerned at all, actually. But <laughs> you know what I mean. If I was a Man United fan, I'd be so concerned just defensively and their centre midfield. Um, I mean, even Pogba at his best, just I don't see it saving that midfield. Yeah. It just seemed to be so short. I just I feel the a couple of seasons ago I would have said, look, get Mourinho out and get a, an attacking more. Not even necessarily attacking, just that a more modern manager. Mm. You know, even uh, like an Eddie Howe could get really good performances out of this team because of the players you mentioned, the Martials, the Rashfords. Um, I mean, Pogba is easily up there as one of the best midfielders in the world. I think we'd all take him at our club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I just, I just feel that all their players are just two down, at least, I mean, you mentioned the Chelsea team, the Chelsea team was still full of top world-class players from back to front, they just had stopped playing for the manager, I don't think these players are actually good enough to play for the manager. Mm. But it makes it, the longer the longer this goes on as well, you've got to think, Definitely. the, the longer it goes on, the harder it's going to be to clear those players out as well. You know, if you if you've got like you, you, they just give Smalling a new contract. Now, don't get me wrong, I kind of like Chris Smalling, but he's not <laughs> he's not playing well, and he's not a he's not a, a title winning defender anymore. But like, so if they have a if they have a if Mourinho stays to the end of the season, for example, and they have a terrible season, it's going to be very difficult for them to move certain players on. Like you could put Fellaini up for a free transfer right now, and unless you're like Brighton or Burnley or Huddersfield, you're not really going to be interested in him. Yeah. So, so then they're stuck with all the dead wood. Bring a man, new manager in. I know this isn't a chairman thing, but you bring a new manager in, you get a bit of a bounce, you get a bit more onus in the team. The performance, it, it won't take much for them to look a better team. They only have to like play an a, attacking game, and you know, and then at the end of the season, you've probably got a better chance of shipping players out. But na- na- so you, you said yourself, name a player in that Man United team on current form who would. Because they're not going to want to go to small clubs. They're going to want to go to big clubs. Name a player in that team who would attract a bid from a, from a big club, bar Paul Pogba, and he's not playing. Paul, Pogba, Martial and Rashford are the only three people we'd be interested mm. in. I don't, think, um, I don't think Rashford would ever leave them. Cause yeah. I don't and think he'd just, be as good in another team either. Because he's changed as a player in the last few weeks. Yeah, they've, well. j- they've just um, renewed 
Martial's contract for an extra year, uh, which I actually wanted to bring up because it didn't make sense how this works. Mm. Why would you put into your contract where the club can extend it by a year? Like, does it matter if you want to do it or not? I know, yeah. It seems a very strange clause. Like, I can understand if it was a mutual one that you both want to agree to it for a year why something happens, but the way things are going at Man United, surely, like, a a player like Martial, and I think they did it with De Gea just about a month ago as well. Yeah, that has been done as well. They chose to... Why would, as a player, would you want that put into your contract? Especially when they sign him at 19. Like, what was the the discussion point on that? It was like, well... Mm -hmm. You know, four years down the line, if it's going, you know, if it's going all right, give you another year, no, no questions asked. But yeah, yeah so <laughs> no, you, I don't, I don't it, get that. It used to be those sort of clauses used to be if you played so many games in it. Yeah, if you played so many games in your last season, we'll we'll give you a new contract. And it's easy to design for for obviously for the older players, but yeah, for a for a twenty odd year like young early twenty player, it is strange. But but yeah, it's good for Man United to keep them for an extra year, but. I mean, it's—is it just delaying the inevitable for both those players? What you would say is, though, everywhere Mourinho's gone, and all of, all the of success has been built around having a solid defence. Yeah. Chelsea obviously had John Terry. Inter Milan had Materazzi, and you know, general Italianness. Um, Real Madrid had Pepe, and obviously Varane coming through. Uh, and at Man United. Phil Jones. Just, Phil Jones, yeah. Phil Jones, <laughs> scorer of another great own goal in the week. Oh, that was great. Oh, dear me. Um, <laughs> did we see Fellaini's volley? Oh, nearly <laughs> killed the steward. <laughs> yes. oh. I really Pogba feel, was on the bench, remember. I really just, feel like we should talk about Liverpool a little bit, but we've talked about this fun. <laughs> it's fun. My, like, my bright spot from the Liverpool was how good Fabinho played. Um, that pass that, for Mane's goal. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and I mean, he's just the one player I wanted to mention, um, just because he's taken a long time to get his really his game and to get playing such a big game. Um, although how bad they are, um, just to get that back in there, um, it's just such a big game for him to come in. And I thought he just he bossed the game, um, which was just delightful to see. And hopefully that's just the start of it now. Um, Come Friday, which I'm more worried about Friday's game than I was about yesterday's game. Um, I even said to Dave last week, it's just that game that concerns me against Wolves. So um, it's vital for us to to pick up that win, to because those are the games we would have lost last season again. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so yeah, Mane scored. Uh, hasn't looked like scoring for weeks, and get got one. Mm. Shakiri comes off the bench to score. Okay, two deflected efforts, but you know they still they all count. Um, what else? Allison, his first. Well, it's not his first mistake though, really, is it? Second, second, yeah. second mistake. But, to be fair, he could afford to make it. He, I think he could have took his gloves off for most of that game. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember another save. Um, but nothing. He, he got the ball passed back to him not long after it under pressure, mm. and he, and he just took a sidestep and and passed it away. Nothing phases. Phases him, which is like I said after the was it who did we was it Brighton that he made the muck up we tried to yeah it was Glen oh, Murray yeah yeah, yeah. yeah go oh, it, was, to, it was Leicester as well wasn't it because the Brighton one he got away with and then the oh, Leicester yeah, that's it what it was yeah and and he's going to make mistakes you know whether they cost goals or not but the the good thing about him is nothing changes. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he's not going to then panic after it. Um, he, I mean, he's going to take the blame, and rightly so, but he, he was fairly unlucky as well, um, how he caught the ball and then it landed on his knee coming down. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, but, he I mean, right, unlucky, to be fair. Right, rightly so, he's still got to take the take the blame with it. But, the, yeah, just, you know, very solid professional performance. The yeah. defence, considering the, the injuries we've got just now, uh, Defensive-wise, um, def- not that Man United caused much threat, which probably helped, but they, they did look assured. I mean, Andy Robertson just seems like he's on oxygen because he yeah. just runs. Did you hear just... Mourinho's comment after the match? No. That he said he was tired just watching Andy Robertson. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he said some, just... he said something else about it. I can't remember what else it was, but like it was basically like, wow. <laughs> it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, he's in another like, but seven million pound. And they bought Kevin Short off us for ten million. Yeah. Um. We, I feel like we need to con- contact Roma, Southampton, um, Stoke, and Hull just to give them extra money. Because I feel bad for for these signings that we've made. <laughs> um. But yeah. Uh, not that I'm a, a, at all of trying to avoid talking about the next game, but uh, <laughs> thirty six shots, thirty six shots, right? To sc- only score. Two deflected goals and okay, a great goal from from Mana. You, you mentioned at the top of this that it was a concern. It, it is, isn't it? 30, 36 shots on target against any team to only convert three of them. It, it, it's wasteful, is the polite way of putting it. But, so many of the shots were from like thirty yards, though. Like it was playing against a, a wall of terrible defenders. Well, that's exactly what it was, basically. Um, <laughs> Okay, so okay, as we, we're going on about walls of terrible defenders, we might as well go on to the next game. Southampton, um, obviously the best team in the Premier League at the moment, um, <laughs> uh, with the uh, the Austrian Klopp uh, coming away three two winners against Arsenal. Um, oh my! Sorry, what God. was the score? I it, missed what you said. It, it was three two to Southampton. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Twenty two game unbeaten run comes to an end for Arsenal. And to be fair, Southampton deserved it. They were brilliant. And I'm not even going to make excuses like Arsenal had three left backs on the pitch at one point, uh, one central defender. Um, but yeah, I, I can't argue. To be fair, Southampton played really well, and that I think that is the most atmosphere I have ever seen at St Mary's Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Um... The one thing you'd say about this is that Koscielny's performance was an advert for why you don't rush players back from long-term injuries. Mm-hmm. But he play- oh, he was, I know it's I know it's out of necessity, but uh, I see people all the time saying, you know, Newcastle need to bring Lejeune back in, who's been he had a similar injury and he's been out for four or five months now. I wouldn't be putting him back in until he's had four, five, six reserve games. But if you look at how how off the pace Koscielny was there, and as you say, he wasn't helped by being the only one. Um, but also having he he, he, looked, he himself looked rusty, but he was supported by a mixture of fullbacks and whatever Greenwich Jacker is. Yeah, I, the I don't know who was playing left back for us. At one <laughs> point it was Monreal. At one point it was Jacker. Then it was Licksteiner. Like I don't, I don't know what what was happening at all. But I, when I saw the lineup and the fact it was uh, Southampton's new, I can't pronounce his name. Something Hurtle? 
Hassan. Hassan Hunt, yeah. Uh, when I saw it was his first game, and to be fair, I've been quite impressed with Southampton in the last couple of games. They've they've been, you know, against Man United, they were all right. I had a feeling we were we were in for trouble. Um, although when we pulled it back to two all, I, I, I thought, okay, we'll go on and nick this. But then obviously Charlie Austin just killed the game off. What Burnt Leno was doing yeah. for that third goal, I do not know though. It's weird when goal hit was. Go full stretch yet get smaller. Like. <laughs> yeah, <it's> so strange. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah. No, full, full credit to him. Um, I imagine you, it, we need we, we needed to lose one. To be fair, were you throwing things at the telly when Mkhitaryan scored twice? Uh, yeah, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair, and they were praising him on the telly. They were like, oh, "Oh yeah, he really fits into Emery's system." I was like, "He's hardly fucking played, and when he has, he's looked terrible." Um. But yeah, no, he scored twice. He, he had a decent game, to be fair. But that he got a bit of freedom. Um, mm. but yeah, no, I, 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 we we weren't terrible defensively, but defensively we were bad, and it cost us. And you know, and it's weird because it was it was strange. I almost tweeted out when it was two two. Oh, this is the type of game we'd have lost last season. <laughs> oh, fuckers. Um, but- but that's the, that's the reality, though. You, you you didn't play badly at all. It was just mm-hmm. your defence was awful, and it wasn't like it was your normal defence anyway. It was a total hodgepodge of players who don't mind playing in the in like their own final third. But it was it was difficult to to have to put a defence together like that to try and cope with. You know, Ings is not a bad striker. He had good service all day as well. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They brought in Shane Long, who's like who, who can be a handful. Like he had a goal disallowed. Um, mm. Rightly, uh, after Leno made a fantastic save. To be fair, uh, yeah, Charlie Austin, who always scores against us. Um, to be fair, Southampton have, have, have had some great results against us in the past. Uh, I was say, can you remember when they did four nil a few years ago and Shane Long nearly killed Koscielny? Yeah, and that uh, was when Koscielny wasn't on like a, a first game back after six months out. Yeah. <laughs> to be so, fair, no. Koscielny looked like he had been before he was injured. He was on his way out then. <laughs> to be fair. I know James, who does our European podcast. He um, he doesn't like Koscielny at all. See, I, I love him. I, I genuinely love him. But the last he's last last season, he wasn't great at all. He looked so off the pace and stuff. And I think he'll struggle to get back into the team there with um, Mustafi. Must, okay, Mustafi's got an error in him and stuff like that. But him and Socrates look pretty good at the back. And there was talk that Koscielny was told he could leave at the, in the summer because Villa was sniffing around him. And I think he'd do all right in the Championship. To be fair. Or do you stick with three seven and a half, or do you go back to two? Oh, it, it, I don't know. You know, it's we we seem we do all right with three at the back sometimes. Bellerin's come a long way, um, and I like Kalashnyak in that wing back role as well. Mm. Um, but Monreal does can does all right there. And to be fair, Monreal does all right at centre back. I was going to um, say with, with holding out, you might have Monreal as like your third centre half now. I guess. Oh maybe? no, no, we're, we're making big, big moves in January. Apparently. Oh, sorry, uh, I forgot yeah, you've got a new manager now yeah, who spends money. Yeah, big moves in January. We're, 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 there's talk of us bringing in the mighty Gary Cahill. <laughs> oh, at least we'll have to worry about him being out of position because he can't fucking move. Um, what's uh, what's Cockland up to? Is he, uh, oh, is he come back? Fuck off, mate! I'll wear a Spurs shirt before I see him back at the end. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's the name of this pod yeah yeah um but yeah uh, yeah i uh, emery has come out and said he'll he'll look for a defender which is, which is good so yeah we, we'll spend money um and, and again emery you know he shows that he changes things up he made he made changes at half time again um i wish he'd 
get it right at the start of the game rather than at a half time. Um, yeah, yeah well, it, was, it was strange because I wasn't watching any sound, so I saw Bayerine sort of uh, walking off slower than anything human, and then no sub came on for like the three minutes of added time, and mm. it was a bit, a bit a bit chaotic. And then I came back to the news that he bought on a striker, so ah, he just wanted a bit of time to think. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I've I've got no concerns over the de- defeat. It's a twenty two games of beat and can't really argue. Uh, we've got Burnley next weekend, so they'll probably do us. Um, <laughs> they have to attack for that, though. But yeah, yeah, it's it's usually February the wheels come off our season. Um, but yeah, Man United breathing down our necks. Oh, oh, actually, no, they're not. Um, <laughs> it's about eight points still, oh, isn't it, as well? Yeah, that's 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 how that's how weird the gap is. Like, if, I think if any Man United fans listen to this podcast, they get, well, to be fair, they probably won't have any arguments. Um, save the best game of the weekend till last. Then I've only just watched this before we recorded. Uh, Brighton uh, losing two one to Chelsea. Um, now. I watched Match of the Day too. I don't know who the guy who was on it with Alan Shearer and Chappers was. Uh, I'm, guess, uh, I'm guessing he's seen football before. It was Stephen Warnock who used to play for uh, Fuck off. Liverpool. Was that, that was Stephen Warnock, the old Blackburn before left back? Yeah, he, that's him. Yes. He looks younger now than he did when he was playing. He did when he played. Okay, and obviously all that time at left back, uh, he didn't watch much football because he had nothing but praise for Chelsea. Well, they won. What more do you want? Yeah, but I don't think they. Cutting edge analysis is that what you're looking for here? I, I, I'm looking for like he was like, oh yeah, Chelsea, you got a, you got a praise, then they played really well. All I saw was Marcus Alonso running around like a headless chicken, uh, to the point he's David Luiz tried to kill him. Um, and he, Alonso should have been sent off. Um, Brighton had most of the play in the second half from what I saw, and Chelsea played without a striker. Yet, <laughs> <laughs> although oh, still scored twice. But well, that's Eden Hazard, the best player in the world again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he oh, God, here I come. Shows up against the big lads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got a bit of a kick in, though, to be fair, didn't he? He always does. Deservedly so. Yeah, Dale Stevens, once of the mighty Bayern Munich. How the fuck he played for them, I have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, gave him a bit of a kick in. Uh, but yeah the, yeah, the thing that really annoyed me about this game was Alonso. Like, the hell, like, time match of the day two weren't that long. I don't recall a single time I saw Marcus Alonso playing as a left back. It's strange, isn't it? Like all season, he's been pretty much playing up front, and uh, every week they concede goals from crosses from, the, from his flank. Yeah, yeah he, yeah. Was, he was out of position <laughs> for Brighton's goal. Like no one, no one was like, "Oh, he's got a good shot in the man." He's like, "Well, yes, but like defend." Yeah. It's weird. I, I, I mean, if you're playing wing backs, I can understand it, but they just leave David Luiz and Rudiger to mm. do all the work, and it's like, oh, it's not working. I don't know. Well, yeah, when Get... they when they played with wing backs uh, last season, uh, him and Moses looked really good going forward, but like since they've gone to like a back four, he 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 just looks like a liability, and he and he, he definitely should have been sent off. Any arguments there? Uh, it was probably red for me, like. But there was enough doubt that I could sort of see why it was a yellow, but I would have given a red. But he, he should have been on a yellow before that. Like, he, he, he pulled two players over. Oh, yes. Yeah, earlier on in the yeah. game. Yeah, well, in that case, yes. Two yellows would have been fine. But, yeah. Uh, so, Hazard running the show again. Uh, scored the second, set up the first. Has apparently came out and said he doesn't like playing as a false nine. But Chelsea... Sarri seems to not want to play Morata or Giroud that often. Uh, 
I, I always thought Hazard did better with Giroud playing, um, just as someone to actually link off. But he obviously had a good game yesterday in this uh, false nine position. But uh, I, I, nothing Sarri does makes any sense to me. He's obviously of a different footballing ilk to me. But uh, I, we've talked about it before, how I, I don't like how they're set up. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's particularly good on the eye, especially if they're playing against a team who's organised. They've, they've got very few plan Bs or anything. Um, it, obviously, it worked yesterday, but we've seen several examples where it just hasn't. That's the thing. Stephen Warnock was full of praise for Chelsea. And well, to be fair, when they showed it on match day two, they showed up them pressing, them pressing like the mighty Brighton. Um, and, that, like, and, and to be fair, it did look good, and you know. But yeah, I, I, I just was not impressed at all. Uh, quite telling in his post-match interview, Eden Hazard made a point of saying that Chelsea players were happy, uh, enjoying playing for the new manager, and they were learning and stuff like that. That's not usually something a, a player just comes out and says, though, in a, in a, in a post-match interview. So or maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Uh, for Brighton, though. Um, and Donay. Now, I've seen him the last couple of weeks. Obviously, he doesn't start. But I don't understand how he doesn't start. So, he came on in the second half for Glenn Murray. Oh, they were so much better for him as well, weren't they? Yeah, they were, they were so much better. He was always in the box. He was, you know, he, he runs down. He's he, he scored his first goal the other week and we said he looked quite sharp then. And I, I remember seeing him in, uh, in the other week. He, he, he's looked all right. But obviously, Glenn Murray has to start, it seems. The problem is Glenn Murray's the king of the South Coast, so they can't really drop him. But um, I think as time goes on, I mean, Glenn Murray's 37 now, I think. Mm-hmm, something like that. I think it's probably over the course of the season, you probably get phased out. And uh, Andone will come in because Lacadia, Lacadia, the guy they signed last January, maybe, or not long ago anyway. I think he was probably meant to be the long-term replacement, but he's not very good. So... Uh, and Dune looks more likely to take the shirt off him. Yeah, so he, 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 he looks interesting, but with a player like that, how long does he stick around? You know, at Arsenal, we've had the same thing where, where you know, we've had like players like Perez, Vaya, and that, like, they've come in and they just don't get a chance. And, you know, they look better than what's in front of them, like when you talk about your Adibayors and your Bentners and stuff like that. Do they want to stick around? Um, it's probably less likely that Brighton will go out and spend mega money on. Other strikers, though, if they've got, you know, two, three, four on the books already. Yeah, maybe. And so, do Chelsea go out and buy a new striker? There's a lot of talk about Callum Wilson at the moment. Uh, I mean, you know my thoughts on Callum Wilson. I, I like him a lot, but I, I hope for his sake he goes somewhere he's going to play. Yeah. Uh, we've had this discussion a lot, haven't we? But we have. But it, it seems it seems open for it, especially with Chelsea not play the, the last couple of games now. They haven't played with a striker. Are they getting to the getting to make setting it now? So when they go to someone in January, look, there's a space just for you. Ignore mm. the two strikers we've got on the bench. There's a space for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he obviously doesn't fancy Giroud much to leave him out for sake of playing a false nine. I mean, leave him out for Morata's bad enough, but leave him out for no one is it's pretty damning. Like so, um, I wouldn't be well. Obviously, he will want to buy a new striker at some point. But whether it's Callum Wilson or not, I don't know. I, I don't think Mr. Osari will know what a Callum Wilson was until about four months ago. Yeah, to be fair, I don't know. He knows what a striker is. He <laughs> all he wants to play is midfield, as it seems. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that is it then. Uh, I haven't looked at next week's fixtures, 
Because it's Christmas and there's fixtures every bloody day. Is there a full round of fixtures next weekend? There is. I was going to say, I'm guessing we're not going to be on next week, because let's be fair, no one's going to want to listen to this on Christmas Eve. <laughs> That's up to you guys. If you, if you guys, <laughs> if you, I was going to say, if there's, if there, if there's not a full week of fixtures, because I know over Christmas they tend to trickle them out, because I know there's a game on Friday and stuff like that. It's up to you guys. I'm happy to record next week if you want to. Um, there is a full roundup. Liverpool play Wolves on the Friday. Arsenal are Burnley at home. Yeah. Uh, and the, the early kickoff, you've got Bournemouth Brighton. What a game that will be. <laughs> Chelsea at Leicester, Huddersfield Southampton, City Palace, Newcastle Fulham, West Ham Watford, Cardiff Man United, and then Everton Tottenham on the 24th, so that'll be the Sunday. Oh, come on. Cardiff Man United. That's the tea time game live on TV. Wow, I am making sure I've done all of my shopping. (laughs) Wow. Michael Jackson popcorn gift for that one, definitely. Wow. <laughs> so Man City, I thought Man City Palace was going to be the highlight there, but Cardiff no. Man United. But wow. there's something sensational about the thought of Saul Bamba getting Mourinho sacked. <laughs> like that is the stuff of dreams. Yes. Um, Okay. Callum Patterson Cal- doing Callum a stupid Patterson. dance oh. in front of the away <laughs> On the subject of Callum Patterson, did you see when I think it was Hoylett's goal at the weekend? And he just sprints towards the goal and two foots the ball, which is in the net. Oh yes, I like <laughs> What is he doing? Didn't he do just that? Looking. Hasn't he done that before though? Oh, pro- he's just a madman. He's just... it before. I also didn't realise this was only listening to you guys last weekend, right? So when I heard that he played as a defender for Scotland, I'm here thinking, okay, he's a centre back. He's oh, a no, fucking no. fullback. <laughs> fullback? Where's fullback? He's the fucking size of the man. <laughs> Yeah, he was, he was an he was attacking wing back at Hearts. Wow, the only thing he's attacking is cheeseburgers. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. wow. Uh, so yeah, I, we'll get together in the week and discuss whether we put a show out next weekend. Um, because yeah, I, I, I'm, should, I, I'm down for it. I don't celebrate Christmas because I'm a miserable bastard. Um, we should do it. We should do it live whilst Cardiff Man United is on. <laughs> oh, that's the show oh, now. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, have I got plans on Saturday afternoon? Oh. Oh, let's think about that. Oh, that could be, that could be just ninety minutes of us fucking sleeping, though. To be fair. <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, we'll talk about the other games. We'd granted we won't have seen them, but. Uh, yeah. Oh God, I, I'm a miserable, I'm a miserable bastard. But Warnock and Marino on the same touchline. Jesus. Is the referee going to turn up for that game? Because he's just going to get roasted anyway. <laughs> I hope it's madly again. That would be delightful. <laughs> 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 now, right, yeah, gents. So that that is it. Yeah, we'll we'll make a decision about next week. Uh, uh, Ali, I'll let you go first this time. Pimp your socials, please, sir. Uh, Ali Thompson eighty four on Twitter. Um, just follow me there for wrestling, UFC, and football ramblings. Uh, Dave, yourself. Uh, I am uh, at cm nine seven nine eight on Twitter. Excellent. You got a website as well, didn't you say? I have, yeah. It's, uh, it's just cm9798.co.uk. Um, it's just for all your retro chat man needs. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you follow Dave, if you ever want to be really annoyed by looking at screenshots from old Championship Manager games and trying to figure out how the, who the player is, <laughs> how people get those, I have no fucking idea. I have played thousands of hours of Championship Manager and Football Manager, and I just look at them and think, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's tough to say, like, some of them, are, like, especially... 
for those who aren't aware, like every day in December I've done like an advent calendar which has had a, a festive theme to it. So like today's was a Brazilian centre half and uh, a Dutch winger. The Brazilian centre half was Chris and the, the winger was Musamba. Obviously put them together and you get Christmas Hamba. And oh fuck! What, oh, that's so well. I like that. <laughs> and one per, one person got it. Oh, and I don't know whether like to adopt him as a son or whether they just. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, that's some wow, that's some tedious link. It is a tedious link, but uh, just a random point. I've just been scrolling through the fixtures here as we're talking about next weekend. What he's doing on Christmas Eve at five p.m. Oh, well, oh, I'll be back. Well, I might be back from the pub then. Why? What? What? What wonderful treat do we have then? Well, if we can find. Oh, hello. Five p.m. Yeah. on Christmas Eve. You cut out then, Dave, so I didn't hear what the game was. It was uh, Palestine versus Iran. Oh shit! There's a Christmas fixture. For <laughs> Fucking hell! Wow! Um, mm. Wow! That that's. I might watch that. In my Santa outfit. Um, best best three six five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow! What a. Yeah, I suppose life goes on in, in, in those parts of the world. Uh, right, gentlemen, that is us. I'm hoping I can retrieve the um, earlier mess uh, that the that Skype gave us to actually get this show out. I hope so, because um, I just want to annoy all the Man United fans who listen to this. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining me. And again, thank you for last week. It, it was a brilliant show. Unfortunately, this one's been more of a car crash because I'm back on it. Um, <laughs> You can find us at Man on the Post on Twitter, Facebook, all the usuals. Uh, and that is it from us. And always remember to keep your man on the post. Uh-huh.